Hello, and welcome to the Future of Tourism podcast. My guest today is the CEO and President of Longwoods International. My friend and mentor, Bill Siegel, established Longwoods in 1978 as a market research consultancy and made it his mission to develop tools for the research industry that address the needs of marketers and senior decision makers. And over the next 40 years, he did just that. And frankly, he changed the way we look at research in the tourism industry. In 2019, Bill shifted from his usual turbo boost mode to his regular high-speed setting, and he set his sights on one of the best and the brightest in the industry to take the helm at Longwoods. He set his sights on former Ohio State Tourism Director Amir Elon. In this turbulent time, Amir is a coveted guest on CNBC, CNN, and MSNBC, among others, and a lead consultant with tourism bureaus and industry consulting groups around the world. I am honored that he would make time for us today, and I will say, personally, he is one of my favorite people to talk with about the future of this vital industry. In the last month, Longwoods has shifted gears and taken one of their biggest franchises, the U.S. Travel Sentiment Survey, and adapted it to serve the industry real-time in the middle of this crisis. As Amir said to me last week, at Longwoods, our sole purpose is to be helpers. Good morning, Amir. How are you, and what's it like where you are? Well, good morning, David. Uh, Boy, I feel honored by that great introduction. I'm doing very, very well. Um, you know, considering uh, our, our Ohio's first phases of, of reopening are starting to happen, and rumor has it, as of next Friday, a week from today, this recording, I am able to get my hair cut, so I'm ecstatic. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we've been locked up for a fair bit of time, and, and that's given us pause for thought. I want to talk to you about the, the most recent U.S. Travel Intentions Intelligence And I know our peers want to hear it. But first, when we talked last week, you said something that was provocative, insightful, and at the same time, I'm sure, difficult and painful for a lot of destinations and DMOs to accept. Um, But I want to be clear. I think it's so, so very essential that we embrace it and move on. You said every DMO needs to stop thinking about where they've been and find the clarity to figure out, find the clarity to figure out where they need to go next. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and I kind of had that epiphany moment. I was actually listening to a podcast with a uh, old friend and colleague of mine who runs a, uh, uh, a mid-sized DMO in Mansfield, Ohio. His name is Lee Tassif and he, and he, uh, uh, and he was talking about uh, kind of how he's restructured his organization a few times over the last couple decades. And, and, and he always said that it was always about the moment of clarity of figuring out where I need to go. And that was kind of my epiphany. And, and because so many uh, colleagues that I speak with, so many DMO leaders in the industry, they keep asking about when they're going to get back to normal, where they're going to get back to, when they can get back to the way they were. Um, and, 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 you know, it occurred to me, we need to stop thinking about that. It's about where's the road ahead lie and how do we maximize that? And how do we, uh, you know, if we have to restructure, reorganize, uh, rethink, uh, how we, how, how, how we approach, um, our, our mission uh, moving forward. Um, that that's you know. Yet yesterday happened. It's done. There's nothing we can do to change that. We don't 
need to go back there necessarily. We need to go forward. So, so um, that's that's the whole point. Well, you talk in in your overview of the U.S. travel intentions uh, data. Uh, specifically about the need for a barometer, a pulse check on American travelers. And then you used a really interesting um, um, uh, point to highlight that. And, and really you're talking about working in, a, in, in the data where figuring out where fear meets demand right now. Yeah. So talk to me at a, at a fairly high level about the most recent uh, intentions data and then and explain that concept about fear meeting demand and how, how we work with that. Yeah, so so in a quick nutshell, every week we are going to our Travel USA panel, which is the largest and longest ongoing study of American travelers. Uh, we're picking out a thousand American travelers, and we're asking them a very simple ten question questionnaire about um, about their intentions to travel and, and their sentiments towards travel. Uh, one of the key, you know, the sixty four thousand dollar question is, do you plan to travel in the next six months? Um, when we first started the very first survey on March eleventh. I believe that was, you know, that was at, at a high of 87%. Uh, at the bottom happened right around the beginning of April where we were at um, 65%, uh, which, which uh, again, is still about two thirds of Americans. Sounds good, but, but these are traveling Americans. So one third of them said, I'm out. That, you know, that gets your attention. Um, and then uh, we're, two weeks after that, we started seeing ourselves going back up directionally. Uh, we went back up about seven points, around 72%. But now for the last three or four weeks, it's hovered flat, right around 70. It kind of hit a plateau. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we started asking other questions, taking a look at what, um, you know, you know, wh 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 you know when, when did they feel safe to travel? They said, you know, when, when Dr. Fauci, when the federal officials tell us he felt safe to travel. Okay, great. We, we uh, not, 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 not when the Disneyland opens up necessarily, not when the, uh, um, you know, when, when my local officials tell me it's safe. I got to hear it from the highest health authorities uh, there. We start asking them about, you know, what the first trip is when, when, it's, when it's okay to do so. What's the first not essential trip you're going to take? And uh, over half are telling us it's visiting friends and relatives because they felt disconnected. Um, and there, and most of them, and no surprise there, three quarters are going to take it by car. So, so when we see this pent up demand, pent up demand, pent up demand, but yet the intent is plateauing. This is unprecedented territory. You know, David, you remember? I mean, whether it was a tech, but the recession after the tech bubble uh, uh, collapse, whether it was after 9/11 and what happened there, or whether it was after the great during or after the great recession. You know, the the, the bubble of demand built and then released very quickly because, you know, the economy uptick or, or, or people just started going again. Now we have this pandemic and that bubble is running right into the wall of fear in there. It, it's, and you hear it in the media. It's, it's we're reopening, yay, rejoice, or we're starting to reopen, rejoice. And then there's all that discussion immediately about, wait, are we reopening too quickly? Uh, uh, wait, do I want visitors back in my community? Are they going to bring the disease in? You know, are, you know, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we've all kind of sheltered in place. We've all adjusted to the concept of what's going on around us. Now that the playing field is going to be changed again, there's some fear and hesitancy, and and we've never seen this before, not to this extent. So to to drill into that, you're saying intent to travel is not gone. It's it's still high. It's seventy percent. I mean, yeah. we're used to being we're used to being it. To being 85 or 90 percent in the next six months kind of travel right. so it, it's still high you're talking about a re-emergence where people 
do the prioritized travel model. They visit friends and relatives. They see mom, et cetera, et cetera. You're obviously talking about shorter distance traveling, um, you know, road trips versus airplanes. Um, but talk to me a little bit about the shift that needs to take place in destinations as they become receptive destinations for this. And I think you already touched on it when you said locals have a huge part to play in this. It's not, hey, can I open my destination? It's, hey, can I open my destination? How do the locals feel? What's the infrastructure like? Is the municipal government behind this? So talk a little bit about that, if you would, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, and and, and I got to give credit to Destinations International, specifically Jack Johnson, you know, for about the past nine months, he's really been preaching about the need for destination organizations to make sure that the community understands that they are part of a shared community value. They are a means to achieve all the good ends that a community aspires to, right? Um, and and, and by, by, by playing their, their role um, in that community. And we've been doing for about the last year and a half, two years, a lot of resident sentiment research. And one thing we saw pre-COVID uh, in all of this resident sentiment research is that there are simply in your community, you know, um, a lot of a lot of residents that don't have an opinion about the travel and tourism industry. You have your supporters, you have some naysayers, but there's this big middle segment of the neutrals or don't knows. And that's a problem. That tells me that in your community, you are not, when I'm seeing that, I don't see, uh, I don't see somebody who's got the community dialed in to what role tourism has as part of being a shared community value. Um, and, and, and all that means is that big group of neutral is waiting for a reason to be pro or, or anti, uh, however the wind blow. And guess what? If you're not engaged right now, we know so many DMOs are going to, are going to be under attack for their budget right now. Right. Um, because because what every every community leader, civic leader, uh, anybody who's got per budget purse strings to fill critical services is going to be saying, how do I fund police, fire, health care or whatever the social safety net needs to be, whatever the basic expectations of, of citizens are um, in there. And if the lodging tax or whatever the other whatever the funding model is, is not seen as a sacred cow. And the understanding isn't there that that money actually generates additional tax revenue above and beyond what that allocation is to to to, to help take care of, you know, of, of these critical services uh, there. We got some problems coming, people. Uh, and, 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 the, and, and so what we've seen typically the traditional DMO has done a great job. Now, there's exceptions everywhere. I can, you know, there's some great examples out there of community engagement, but 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 the average DMO typically, um, you know, they're focused on their mission, out, telling their story outward. The inward story gets told at who, to whoever to, holds the purse strings, the county commissioner, the city council, the governor, you know, what, 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 what legislators, local legislators, uh, uh, occasionally local business leaders to be a rotary or whatever the, uh, the, the, the venue or business council you sit on um, in there. But, but how many DMOs are really going to the community where the community gathers? Uh, you know, are we at the school board meetings? Are we at the church town halls? Are we at all those other things? This is, and we were already starting to counsel our clients on this beforehand. You need to begin that engagement strategy. You're, you're, you're every DMOs, you know, part of this pivot needs, needs that every destination organization's uh, engagement strategy for the year, part of their business plan. When they talk about engagement strategy, there has to be an engagement strategy for the local and the here and the now. And my prediction is those that already had a good local engagement strategy in place that were hitting at those layers, 
are probably going to have an easier time of weathering the storm and, and, and being part of the discussion towards the solution uh, of, 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 of the local economies re re rebuilding versus um, being told how they're going to be part of the solution, which unfortunately will hit them in the pocketbook. Do, do you think we've reached that point where stakeholder engagement and, and destination alignment across uh, a multiplicity of partners, well beyond tourism, civic partners, uh, you know, municipal partners, uh, industry partners, industrial partners even, do you think we've reached the point where that argument is, is, is no longer being contested? I mean, in, in my heart, I hope it is because I know it's good for tourism, but the entrenched model for the last decade seems to have resisted that learning. And, I, and I'm, I'm really impressed with the work we've managed to do as an industry in the last five years. And, I, and I, I think some very leading work, as you said, coming out of Destinations International, I think Destination Next and, and anyone who, who follows, uh, you know, the, the work the work we're doing at the Future Tourism Group knows that stakeholder engagement is paramount. And I thank the people who blazed, blazed the trail on that. But do you think that argument's finally done, that people are really – are they going to retrench and try and ex ex try and articulate that it isn't important, or are we past that? Um, you know, I I, I I think we are. I, I think we are. If we're not at the tipping point, we're darn close to it. Um, and, and we're seeing all kinds of indicators that that are, that, that are pointing that direction. I agree. There's been a lot of great foundational work done the last few years um, uh, to to that end. Um, and, and and let's face it. Who was it? Church, Winston Churchill that said, uh, "Never let a good crisis go to waste." I mean, I mean, I mean, what a great time. And, 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 you know, one of the, one of the best things that could have happened to this crisis, right, is so many DMOs pivoted immediately and turned inward and said, how do we become a resource to our local businesses, our restaurants and so forth, to the community and, 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 and all the great stories. I mean, I've been so inspired uh, over the past couple months about, about the, the, the work that's been done. Uh, by our tour, by our tourism industry and our industry leadership, um, and, and to, to to just point ourselves inward, uh, and 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 really get noticed. And I think I, I think you know you you've done this, you've done this successfully. Don't let it go to waste. You know, build upon that. Go run run with it. Um, and then again, the way reopening is starting to happen or will happen. You know that 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 where 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 the seal gets broken off of uh, the containment of non-essential travel. Uh, it's going to begin local, right? It's going to begin local and regional. And and I, I talked to so many destination organizations that are now preparing, have geared up. They, if they haven't started launching them already, they've got them in the can and ready to go when, for when for when it's appropriate to do so. To to first gen, to first remind the locals to get back out and about town. Uh, you know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio right now. Experience Columbus is, is about to launch. You know, uh, 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 that phase. And the first one, it's all about just get getting our people out the door and back into local businesses uh, and then drive regional drive market and then, you know, going into the next phase and so forth. And that's, uh, we, 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 we can so take that, what we're doing, what, what we're, what we're starting to do and prepare to do um, and, and, and let's educate the stakeholders on how we are part of that recovery, be at that table. And then again, the other part of good part of that is I'm hearing from so many States and so many other municipalities where the, heads of the local tourism industry are actually being involved in the task force they have a seat at the table to help drive economic recovery so so we you know we're the doers we're used to being doers in this industry we're a lot of type a personalities um you know we're, we're not waiting to be told what to do we're, we've are we, we're great at just seeing an opportunity and jumping on it seizing it because nobody else is doing it i'm going to do it 
keep doing that. Don't slow down. And 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 and, and uh, I think I, I think we will we'll get hurt. Yes, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some losers out of this. There's going to be some winners out of this. But but I think the transformation, the mindset transformation, can be done. Well, I I, I really appreciate that. Um, and and it's I think it's very helpful when you buckle down and take take that approach to it. One of the things that I think we've all woken up to at some point during this crisis is, is, and I certainly had this moment, you wake up and you sit on the edge of the bed and you say, wow, I'm nowhere near as digital as I thought I was. And certainly nowhere near as digital as I thought I could be. And, and that goes, that goes the full spectrum. It's not just the, you know, the delivery of, of messaging and communications from, from, from destinations. It's the research piece as well. I think there's a big wake up call to the industry and not just in tourism, but everywhere the tools we have at our fingertips have pretty much been in place in this shape and form for almost 10 years. And we haven't leveraged them, you know, as we scramble to build local networks um, digitally, as we scramble to do food delivery, as, as we try to, you know, find newfound data sources, what do you see as the shift taking place now at destinations as they are a we're forced, forced to refuse, forced to reduce budgets, uh, B redeploy resources elsewhere, what does that what does that new digital reality uh, opportunity look like? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, that old catchphrase "doing more with less" is going to be you know, a reality for at least you know the next year or two for 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 uh, for many DMOs. Um, you know, it's funny. About a year ago at this time, I sat at the Simple View Summit and in Phoenix, and uh, I was on a panel of some very esteemed colleagues of, of, of the heads of some of the top research and, and data analytics firms in, in, in the industry. And, um, and it was kind of an open forum type of thing. And, and, and the moderator asked me about, uh, you know, what are, you know, what are a couple thought things that you would counsel the entire industry to consider? And I said two things. I said, you know, first of all, when the, um, you know, when the Internet came out mainstream, uh, we all built a web, web, our first website, and then we all hired somebody to take care of that website on our staff, right? In there. When social media came out, we all all of a sudden hired a social media coordinator that became a manager, then became a department, you know, and, and, and so forth to manage that internally. Um, you know how few DMOs have a research manager? a research director, let alone a simple data analyst. As you said, David, there are so many tools, so many great tools, and it's not one tool that builds you the roadmap. You have to overlay, you have to triangulate, you know, the, the, these things together. And, and you have to look at, um, you, know, you know, everything holistic, you know, to get a holistic picture, you got, you got to put all the pieces of the puzzle together. How is it, you know, you're making multi-million dollar decisions and, and you don't have, and, and you haven't eked out the capacity to, to bring on an analyst to help pull the data sources together. And whether you're getting from me, from five other sources, you know, wherever, and, 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 tell, and, and tell that story. Um, so I think the DMO of, of today slash tomorrow, uh, as they begin to reorganize and rebuild, um, really needs to have a data analyst at least, or, or some, somebody to help pull the piece together. And the second thing I said at the, at, at the summit was, was, um, and until you have those resources, or if you don't have those resources, that insist that your suppliers collaborate 
to do that. Um, and, and the really great news is most of us, we really play well in the sandbox together. We love sharing each other's data, but but people tend to keep their data so proprietary you know, to, to share. And, and, I, and I get that and respect that. But 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 it's 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 um, you know take demand that your survey research supplier and your and your and your, and, your, and, your, and, your, and your data analytics supplier and your geolocation data supplier and all these all these guys that they all um, look at it together to get them in the rooms, give them permission, empower them. Um, you know, there are some great companies uh, emerging that are doing some, uh, you know, really cool things, trying to pull that holistic story. You know, uh, Entrada is doing, uh, has emerged to just, just help meet that end. You're looking at, uh, you know, something tough for you guys to doing a simple view is meeting those ends with holistic dashboards. Tourism Economics is doing it. All these other companies, they're all, we're, all, we're all talking, collaborating, but we're waiting for you to start doing that. Well, and, I, and I've seen that so many times with Longwood, so even in the last weeks when I watch you presenting and it's, it's not on a major U.S. news network, it's usually with a consulting or, or a development partner and you're playing uh, you know, a constituent role there. You said something that really captures my interest in the, in the regional model in Ontario that we worked on for the past decade. One of the most distressing answers to innovation was, well, that would be really hard to measure. And the point being intuitively, you know, it's right. Um, small tests have shown you it's right. And then the next step is always to, to turn to your partners and sometimes turn to your Longwood partners and say, how could we measure this? Not, not, oh, it's really hard to measure. Let's not do it. But and particularly in the value of social media and word of mouth, people have sort of abdicated this idea that we should measure. We've got to get better at that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's um, I think, and, and, and the funny thing is, is that, yeah, sometimes there are things where the solution hasn't been created for, created, created yet. Um, but we love those challenges, right? And it's not just a long list thing. All, all, all these companies, we all love this, and, and and we collaborate. Some of the cool things have have some of the best new product innovations for our industry have happened over a couple of minds like you and I sitting in a bar, right? You know, jotting something down on a napkin, right? So, 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 literally, and 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 and. Um, yeah, challenges. I, I think I think destination organizations sometimes get in the mindset that if they can't think of who does it, you know, off the top of their head, or if there's a solution for that, or or they, they, they sometimes the mind goes to immediately, well, if we had to do it, it would be way too expensive. We couldn't afford it anyway, so you know, why bother? Bother? You know, I'll go, I'll go back to my DMO days. Um, I had a mantra, you know, I, I was working in state government, you know, every, every public dollar was, was scrutinized under a microscope. My mantra was, if we can't measure it, we don't do it, you know, and, 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 and thankfully most DMOs are now on that same mantra, but, 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 but that's hard to say, like you said, because sometimes certain things like, boy, how, how do I really know if that one little, you know, thing is working or not? Well, and that's, that's, that's imagination. I mean, uh, it was a great story that just always enters my head when I think about challenging problems. Frank Borman from the Apollo mm. program was asked to why Apollo one had a fire on the pad and why they didn't figure it out and why it happened. And in the end, he turned, he turned to the U S Senate and said, we had a failure of imagination. We, we trained for every scenario there was in space. We, we knew how to fight fires, but we never considered that it could happen on the pad during testing. In some sense, you've got to imagine those, those, those crazy situations. And I want to talk about one piece of the work that you've done that I think has resonated around this industry uh, for for its incredible value and its eye-opening sort of new ground, and, and that's the the Halo study. I, every time I talk to somebody and I mention that I know you or Wild Bill, they always want to talk about the Halo study. How did that come? To, how did that come to be? 
Uh, well, you know, about uh, five and a half, six years ago, uh, uh, George Zimmerman, uh, who at the time was the uh, state tourism director for Travel Michigan, uh, and, and and one of the architects of the iconic uh, Pure Michigan brand, uh, you know, uh, re retired. And uh, and while Bill was able to sweet talk him into uh, failing at retirement, and, uh, and, 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 and and come join our come join our team. And early on in his tenure with us, uh, after a few weeks, some of the earnest conversations uh, when he was when when George was taking a peek under the hood, um, and, and uh, the conversation came up about the correlation between tourism and economic development, and uh, and as always does, and we as destination marketers always inherently know. Uh, you know, you know, everybody wants to live and work in a place they'd like to play. That's not, you know, you know, Mara Gast has the famous, you know, ha, 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 has has the famous line that, that's been repeated a billion times. Um, and Bill Geis for years has been saying, you know, tourism is the tip of the economic development spear and so forth. But um, nobody ever put science behind it. And mm -hmm. George and George was able to bring those anecdotal stories of saying, you know, interesting thing happened with the Pure Michigan campaign. After a few years into this, we started seeing, uh, we started getting reports that uh, that 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 people from New York were buying second homes in Lake Michigan. Now, for years, people in you know in Illinois or Chicago area or other or other places around there, you know, were buying second homes around Lake Michigan, the west coast of Michigan there. Uh, but um, but but from New York. Why? Well, all of a sudden it's interesting in New York, you know, things like that. Um, you know, they, they started getting all kinds of other anecdotal tales like that. There had to be something behind that. So, so you know, Wild Bill, you know, always wanting to find a great solution. So he and George put their heads together and realized that, uh, you know, it, 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 you know it, it wasn't rocket science. We just needed to ask some questions a little different way. And we did. And we came up with the halo effect study. And, you know, it, it's, you know, we've replicated that over 100 times now and in every single case. Um, if you have an effective destination marketing campaign, it will not only increase the image of the destination as a place to visit, it will increase it, the image of the destination exponentially as a place to um, buy a second home, retire, send my kid to college, start a business, uh, find a job, move, live, um, all those other economic development factors beyond tourism that economic development agencies are chasing every single day. Well, when you say that, it, it just really sets me off because I think about talking to Greg Oates about this idea that, you know, destinations that are making purposeful networks are are better uh, equipped for this crisis and also that their their integration with their with their local community makes them great places to visit and, and has that inherent safety that we look for in communities. Really, in the halo effect, we're talking about squeezing those two things together. The intent to travel is now inextricably linked to, is it a good community? And, and do I feel good there? And is it, is it, I, I think I would make the comparison in my mind, is it like my community and can I go to it and expect a, a similar level of safety and service? I think those two things are going to overlap even more. What, what do you see? Yeah, no, I, I, I see that more and more. Yeah. I, I think, again, don't let a good crisis go to waste um, as, as, as marketing dollars suddenly become scarce. And so forth. I think you're going to see greater collaboration and a greater allowance for and recognition if you know if if communicated properly that the DMO uh, really should be the brand manager for the destination <laughs> in there, and and that, and that means a little closer work with the economic development agency that maybe we're used to. Um, you know, for years 
the DMOs and the economic development guys spoke very different languages. Uh, thankfully, I think over the past seven to 10 years, we've seen a greater convergence. Uh, 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 more, more and more I see tourism at the table, uh, these economic development roundtables and so forth. But, um, you know, there may, you know, good or bad, there may likely be more cohabitation uh, 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 under one umbrella. Actually, actually, my wife, uh, I'm blessed, my wife is a DMO, so she lets me talk shop at the dinner table. Um, and, and, and she, she, she runs, she, she runs a county DMO just outside of Columbus here, uh, where the chamber and the CVB are both under the umbrella of the County Economic Development Agency in there. Now, again, you can make arguments good or bad or whatever in there, but it ensures that tourism is at the table and guess who the brand manager is. So, so, so I think you're going to see probably some more models like this emerging uh, just out of necessity and scarcity of resources. Um, and, and uh, um, but, but I think, like you said at the beginning, this is a pivoting point. Well, and, and, you know, my experience is that you don't get a lot of destinations that just decide to be in tourism for the heck of it. They, they right. do it because they see it as a significant trip contributor to their economic uh, upside. Um, some of them are going to take it really hard in this crisis, but those that really believe it's part of the, of the value for living in that destination are going to embrace it. But that brings up a question. So as tourism entities shift from, from management for marketing to more of a management role, there's things they need to add to their repertoire of, of activities that are, they aren't currently doing in some cases. And they need, they need to bring those to the table. And, and one of them that stands out is the time for product development is now, especially while the fields lie fallow. So, you know, great destinations, good bones, good DNA. How do you improve those products? Do you see any of that happening? Um, yeah, I think, I think there will be an opportunity. I think, I think, I think, uh, some of the more innovative ones, the forward-looking DMOs are definitely going to, uh, find themselves quickly, uh, uh amping up their product development game. The, the problem is the scarcity of resource. So I think what you're going to see is an enhancement of what we call the non-traditional partnerships, right? Um, you're, you're going to have to find some private sector partners, uh, there outside of the realm of tourism that will benefit from the same audience. Uh, but just for different purposes, and 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 um, so so you're gonna ha I think you're gonna see um, those types of alliances having to be found um, and 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 developed, and I think I think there's gonna be uh, again I, I'm just excited. As I said earlier, I'm excited about the marketing that's about to come out in the next in the next couple of years. I'm excited about the partnerships that are going to be emerging over the, over the next couple of years. Well, and I think of your wife sitting at that table, and I'm I'm just so happy when I see tourism and ECDAV elevated at the same level. I, I think there's a bit of a tendency in the past decade is ECDAV was the new shiny thing, and it received a lot of prominence. And and I always I always ask my my DMO, are you on speed dial with your mayor? And then I and then if they say yes or no, that's one thing. And then I say, is that, is the ECDEV officer on speed dial? And of course they are. And I think it's a bit of a disservice to probably what's one of the you know, the, the most important pillars in, in, in local economic development tourism. But as they come to that table and I see them achieve that same status, then I see those kind of partnerships emerging um, around around civic priorities, you know, and it could be the redevelopment of a park or the redevelopment of a river or the enhancement of a, a flagging um, yeah. festival or event. Um, so we're already seeing it at, at, a, at a civic and DMO level, and we're seeing it more and more now at a, at a public-private level. Is that your experience? Yes, I took. I completely agree. I think. I think this is. Uh, um, you know, 
it, it, there was already momentum gaining before the crisis. Right now, I, I just think it's going to increase exponentially. Uh, we, we are, um, you know, we can rewrite the rule book. This is one of those unique moments where we can rewrite the rule book on how partnerships are formed, on how they're developed. And um, I think because it's crisis mode, uh, people, people care less about histories. You know, in our communities and our destinations, sometimes it's the, you know, you know, you're, you're the new DMO head, you come into the community and, and immediately you hear, oh, you can't work with those guys over there because 10 years ago they tried to scuttle us and grab, made a grab for our money or, you know, whatever, you know, things like, we can't work with those guys, you know, and yeah. um, you know, all bets are off now. Forget that. Histories are history. To forget. Like I like we said at the very beginning of, the, uh, 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 of, of this recording, right, which, which was, which was uh, stop looking backwards. Who yeah. cares? That was yesterday. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. I think anybody who came up through the industry can can empathize with your point. There. <laughs> um, it, you know, Bill's vision was that that there's a Longwoods that delivers tools that make this industry better, and I think you know Longwoods and Bill and yourself have delivered on that consistently. What's in the works? Anything you want to talk about? Uh, you know, the work we've been doing on resonance sentiment. Uh, over the past couple of years uh, is going to be enhanced and continue. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, the, the barometer that we're doing right now every week with, uh, uh, with travel sentiment. Um, you're going to see that evolve. I think uh, we, we, we've learned a few things over the past couple months with this that we've kind of said, okay, that needs to go in the product development uh, hopper. We'll see there. Um, I think one of the most, uh, and you and I have had this conversation before, one of the things that, um, as I said, what I said at the Simple View Summit last year, um, you know, we're not waiting for our clients to tell us to collaborate. Uh, we have been doing that. We have worked very closely, uh, very, very hard over the last few years, um, building relationships with uh, the data analytics firms, the geolocation firms, and so forth. And you will see more collaborative programs coming out in the next year, I guarantee it. So, okay, so, so are you telling me that the silly seasons of mergers and acquisitions might actually be slowing down? <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 you know, it was interesting to watch for four years. I, I've seen things I've expected in the last couple of years. I've seen things that you know made me try and go, hmm, interesting. You know, yeah. in, in there, and, and and it's all, and it's all good. I I, I think the. Uh, um, obviously right now people don't have a lot of capital on hand, so it's probably going to you know, put the brakes on for a little bit on some things, but, but, but you know what, there's opportunities there too. When, 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 when these things, um, all I can say is, is that, um, uh, there's a very, there, even before this crisis, there's been a very collaborative environment emerging in the research and analytics, uh, area of our industry. And, and, uh, it's going to be only benefit to the DMOs and their and, and our clients, they're they're. Um, I, I think you're going to be very very impressed at some of the uh, solutions, and we've already been doing some of it. Some of some of you out there will know what we're talking about, but 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 uh, just just can't announce certain things too soon. But 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 we're but we're but there's a lot of uh, of, of good things happening. Well, and and that commitment to creating tools. Uh, there's a number of, of your peers that share that. I know SimpleView shares that that outlook with you, which is yeah. we can get things done in this industry if we can put tools in the hands of the people who need them. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate it at Longwoods, at SimpleView, at, at, at all the rest of our industry partners. I admire so much of the work that's been going on out of out of DI and the stuff they've, they've helped bring to the front. As we wind this up today, um, is there any closing thought you want to share? Not that anything you said isn't pithy enough for us to chew on for a week, but what do you, <laughs> anything else? 
you know, uh, well, thank, first of all, again, thank you for having me, and and and, and thanks, thanks to Simple View for. Uh, I know we've really been great partners. I'm excited to uh, do things with them, and um, I do also want to thank our, our, our weekly travel sentiment uh, studies. Our, our partners at Miles have been have really been helpful because they've they've enabled us to present to give this data out to all the industry for free um, throughout this whole crisis. But but I think. My message to everyone is, um, you know, I know it sounds very much like the old Mr. Rogers uh, message about look for the helpers. You know, in times of crises, you look for the helpers um, there. And as you said in the very beginning, again, um, that's that was our message to our team um, from day one of this crisis of, of right now, we all need to be focused on being helpers. And that's what our industry's done. That's what our clients, that's what the DMOs have been doing. We're all being helpers. Keep that helper mindset on, even as we come out into the recovery. If you keep that helper mindset on, I think a little bit more than the next guy, um, you're going to find yourself suddenly three steps ahead of the next guy. Uh, and and, and uh, so so keep being helpers, please. Well, and, uh, you know, just to, to back you up on that one, I think Longwoods has been a helper to, to the industry forever. It certainly helped me understand it better. And I, I so appreciate the work you've been doing. I, you know, I, I uh, personally, I love you guys. You are, you are some of the best people to work with. I look forward to the day that uh, while Bill and I can sit in the back of a conference room and hackle you from, from the back seats. <laughs> Not that you've ever, never done that before. <laughs> yeah, uh, indeed. Amir, it's a, it's a real great pleasure, and 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 thanks for all your work, and, and my best to you and your family, and and we will we will be together soon. Thank you, David. Keep innovating. You guys are doing great work. Thank you so much. Thank you.